Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 65, a weekly podcast reviewing television pilot episodes, past and present. He is Jed Shepard. And that guy over there is Rob Jelly the Jellyman. I'm waving, Jed. I'm waving. I can't see you. Can you see me? Oh, no, you're oh, okay. I can't. I can't. No, too far. Too far away. Unfortunately, I am still in LA. <laughs> Hang on, whoa, whoa. that is a <laughs> sentence I don't think I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm still still in LA. You know, because it is always nice to sit opposite you at Post Pop HQ, share some biscuits. Of course. With you, um, and uh, but but we can't. But we will next, no. for next week. Um, Absolutely. So you you had uh, you've obviously stayed on in the US and A this week. Yes. Um, has that has that been a developing thing, or was it just? Oh, no. Just been that you're enjoying yourself too much. No, I mean it was it was always the plan. I I had um, on Monday I had a, um, a film screen in a, in a film festival, and uh, yeah, it went well. How'd it go? Uh, really good because uh, it's the new film Salt, starring Alice Lowe and Bo Gadsden from Star Wars Rogue One. It was uh, yeah good. The audience liked it and did a Q and A, and I monopolised it as per usual. Okay, do when there's other filmmakers there. I'll just grab the mic and don't let anyone. Oh yeah, it. and, <laughs> and I fun. like your style. Yeah, and also it's really why cool. I'm friends with you. The, the cool thing about it is um, I invited. Um, you know, my my favourite film of all time is this eighties film called Night of the Comet. It's, it most certainly is. Yeah. And um, I uh, casually asked the one of the lead actresses from Night of the Comet if she would come to uh, the screening with me. Um, and she said yes, and she turned up, and it was cool. We had uh, drinks and stuff. It was awesome. And then she Nice. Is this, is this the, uh, the lovely Kelly Maroney? It's Kelly Maroney, yeah. Because so. I had seen a little trailer of tweets from you and her. Yeah. Um, possibly yesterday, must have been a few, yeah. well, about 15, 16 hours ago, actually. Yeah. And I thought, I bet he was like a giddy little schoolboy. Yes, I was, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's not only in, in Night of the Comet, she's in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and also Chopping Mall, uh, which is some of my favourite films as well. So it was cool to hang out with her. To um, Yeah, ex- I, bet that, I bet that was awesome. I bet well, that was, was real, yeah. like genuinely like a proper <laughs> moment of... No, no, you go. I would say sort of starstruck. Oh, sort no, of. it was a little bit because it, it's something I've watched since my childhood. Um, yeah, uh, and developing my love for like horror films, and uh, there she is. So that was really excellent cool. stuff. Have, have you managed to sweet talk her into being in something you're writing? Yeah, well, basically, well, Dawn of the Death was <laughs> kind of based on one of her films, so um, I've, a lot of inspiration from from Night of the Comet. So. Um, yeah, so she's and she also watched Night of the um, Dawn of the Death as well, so she knows my stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it was really really cool. That is that is very <laughs> very cool, mate. That is very very cool. I'm quite jealous, and <laughs> I can't say that I have a story to say that. Oh yeah, by the way, I hung out with like Phil Collins this week, like one of my <laughs> favorite like singer songwriters of all time and stuff like that. So I don't have anything really to match it. You did, um, you did you go to a costume shop though? You told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Well, okay, fine. So. I, uh, this might be the reverse story then in a, in a weird way yeah. but 
Um, so I'm working on a, on a project um, which is about musicals, and I was looking for somewhere that might be able to provide me with uh, some costumes ink for characters to, to dress up as and, and to perform them in, on camera. Um, so I wandered into local sort of fancy dress party shop in town from where I work and yep. asked if they if they did a hire uh, and the guy one of the guys in there said to me do I recognize that voice and I sort of I'm never massively keen on being like oh yeah it's me off the radio I, I'm always <laughs> I don't I don't like being sure, like that I'm sure. I, no I don't I'm I don't sure. I hate I hate sort of, sort of being that guy so I, I, don't, I try not to be. I go uh, that kind of depends and he went well, I take you all up early doors on BBC Essex, and I said, "Oh yeah, that, that's a, that'll be me." And then he introduced himself, and actually, we've had uh, Twitter conversations, so nice. it was quite nice to put a, a proper face to a, to a name, as it were, as well. So that was kind of cool. Big question: um, is, Did he give you a discount? Well, we are in negotiations. Let's, do, let's just put it like that. Let's put it like that. So um, that's the only reason. Face? Yeah, that's the only reason to be on the radio is to get discounts. I yeah, understand. yeah, absolutely. I mean, free food, tickets to stuff. That's it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty much my my you know goal in life to get as many freebies as I can humanly get my hands on. Definitely, that's mine too. Um, so next week you'll be back in the UK, um, mm-hmm. and we'll be cracking on with another couple of shows. But yep. got to deal with this week's uh, episode of the pilot, okay, uh, and that means doing two other shows. Now, yeah. um, I'm going to go first this week. Okay. Um, the whole kind of premise of this week was based on the fact that the show I wanted us to watch turned 50 Wow! just yesterday. Uh, for us, it was on the 31st of July, uh, recording us on the 1st of August. Um, it was broadcast to the, uh, to the hour uh, uh, last night on British television, 50 years on from its original showing. Wow. Uh, I am, of course, talking the pilot episode of Dad's Army. Mr. Hitler, if you think we're on the run. I think our trumpets are out of tune, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. I think we made to work on that. Uh, Dad's Army, I think, is probably one of those two-word television shows you can say anywhere in the world and people will at least know roughly what you're talking about you think? i think it's I, I, yeah i do sure. you know sure. i think it's a very british thing i think even if you went to to france or germany they wouldn't yeah but clue. yes but I, I think that the very fact that it is so very british I think it's almost like quintessentially. It's a bit like Mary Poppins. You say Mary Poppins anywhere in the world, yeah. and I mean, that's people will yeah. know. Yeah. They go, "Oh, that, that's, that's the British film." And I, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's kind of synonymous with British television. Yeah, so yeah, I think you would true. say it, and people, people would go at least go, "Oh, yeah, that's the army thing, the, the British army." sitcom from a few years ago yeah. I, even even if that's all they say about it I think it's just one of those phrases like Mary Poppins um, I've got to admit I, I, I had a little bit of a hard time with this one um, I agreed uh, no, yeah. I'm going to agree with you mate I struggled okay. the bat um, I, I did struggle as well actually I didn't know what to expect of it I've seen episodes uh, that have been aired you know, in, in its sort of back catalogue mm-hmm. on various channels over the years but I'd never seen 
the pilot episode, which is called The Man and the Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if you haven't done the maths in your head, in 1968, July the 31st, it was first aired. Um, kind of quick note to that is that it was aired separately away from the rest of season one. So mm-hmm. it got its very first airing on the 31st of July, 68, and then it was re-shown uh, the week before the rest of season one, which which was shown. So the rest of series one was a little bit later on in time. Yeah, and it was badly and, received, wasn't it, when it first came out? It was. It got a yeah. lot of... Um, the audience didn't really take to it straight away, and there were, there were quite a few complaints. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we can talk about that now, and then we'll come back to the sort of plot of it in a second. Yeah. When it opens up in present day, so the very first opening scene you get, and to, to, to mention if I didn't, it's black and white. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realise that the BBC didn't broadcast in Technicolor, as it was known, uh, until 1970. Is that right? Uh, I yeah, I know. That can't I be true. No, it was, because Wimbledon apparently was the very first colour uh, televised broadcast. On the BBC? And then the... F- yeah, on the BBC this is. And the first uh, sort of pre-recorded show, I guess, uh, that was done in colour was Doctor Who, which we did uh, well, a few months ago now on the pilot. Oh, wow. so did they, I'm guessing they didn't import any American shows at the time then? The, uh, the no, I, I, I very much doubt it. Yeah, I think they probably would have been on ITV or whatever ITV was called back in, in the 60s. But... It, yeah, it was uh, 1970 before you got colour. So it opens in black, the whole episode's in black and white, but it opens up uh, with a scene where you've got George Mannering, uh, who's standing there addressing a, a sort of room of delegates, shall we say. Uh, looks in a very formal sort of setting, quite a kind of almost a political setting, actually. And it's set in 1968. And then it goes back to some footage from the Second World War, where the show is actually set, 1940 well, and onwards. Well, I was reading, and the, I, the, just really quickly, that, that bit on. at the start was, um, uh, it was meant to give you the idea that it was a retirement, um, like uh, one of them were retiring from being like a bank manager, and it was kind of a bank setting. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Well, it probably, it might, it very well may have been. I didn't get the setting for where this opening scene was set. Yeah, it wasn't very clear. It does, yeah. It's not very clear, and and it goes back to 1940 when they are in the bank, which was the uh, I can't remember the name of the bank now, Swallows Bank, Swallows Bank. That's the one. Um, what do you think? What do you think of? So this is like apparently this is the first kind of um, pre-title opening they have in the entire show in all the series. Do you, oh, what? So they they didn't have they they they. It didn't have this dry opening in no, future episodes. No, this is the only one. And also, ah. it has audience like clapping and and almost like laughter during the credits, which is weird. yeah. So, well, again, this is something else I was going to mention. I I don't know if this was. Um, I'm I'm going to go with saying I'm pretty sure this wasn't performed in front of a live audience. However, I think they've dubbed. Um, audience laughter over it. They've probably shown it back, so they filmed yeah. it 
played it back to a, an audience and they then recorded their laughter. Yeah. Actually, on that point, I need to make a mention to um, one of the listeners who's badgering me re- relentlessly to listen to this other podcast about canned laughter because uh, oh, yes. you know I've got a bit of a gripe with it all. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have gone away and listened to this uh, thing and, and, I, and it's something we can discuss another time. But okay. in short, canned laughter has almost been performed like an instrument in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's truly incredible. It's, it's probably a bit too much to be getting into right now, but I, I feel like this episode of the show was done in that way, it was, was, was filmed and finished and then shown in front of an audience yeah. who were then recorded. Because when you say it gets the title sequence uh, with the very recognisable theme tune, which we just heard, and the imagery where you've got the map of Britain and Europe and the flags making their way across the channel into Europe, and then suddenly the swastikas start making their way towards them, um, and they kind of back away. And actually, that's one of the moments I genuinely quite enjoyed of this episode, was yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the very clever nature and the simplistic nature of the title sequence. Yeah. This way that they, they managed to almost give an arrow, which was decorated as a Union flag, a character. Yeah. It sort of it sort of jovially sort of jogged across Europe as if to say, Come on, lads, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And then the swastika sticker appears and comes towards them and they go, Oh, oh, uh, um, um, oh, back it up, back it up. Uh oh, wasn't me. No, 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 not me. Um and and it, and it kind of gives me that vibe when you look at it, the way it sort of moves. And I, I find that quite clever and I, I quite enjoyed that. Um but yeah, I I go to back to your point and I kind of struggled with this. It was it's quite tricky to watch. I, I just generally think a comedy show should be funny, and um, maybe it's because I'm a, from a different generation. Maybe it's because it's dated and I didn't live through the wars. But to me, none none of this was funny. It, it was, um, I mean, there was some bits where I might have had a little bit of a smile just because it was kind of slapstick, but it, it wasn't funny. And um, not no, not funny like the aged. audience might have led you to believe. Yeah, I think it's really aged. Um, which we should come to expect with that's 50 years old. But then if you look at Doctor Who, that first episode is still good. If you look at the first episode of Star Trek, that's still good. Um, but I would point out that both of those examples you use, and it's not to necessarily sort of tarnish what you just said, but mm-hmm. they are time travelling and they are, you know, time and space are no... Are no um, oh, but they were still made at the uh, same time, so they, they, still, they could have still yeah, had the same Yeah, yeah, I know, but, but the, the, yeah, yeah, good point. I, I guess there is that to it. But I guess where they, where they were setting it in whatever time they wanted to, and and they have all, and those two shows as well actually have learned to move with the times, um, that society, uh, yeah, move, move with societal times that, that we live in yeah. and keep up to date. Because of that, I feel like they've probably... They've probably just benefited, whereas with Dad's Army, it's very much basing it on Second World War, 1940s. Um, and maybe it's because we know, we don't know about that era, we didn't live through it, that we don't quite get maybe some of the jokes in there, some of the stuff. Like you but say, I mean, it's very slapstick. I also but... didn't live through uh, live through a, a Star Trek world where I was on a spaceship. I still found that good. I didn't live through the Titanic, and I still enjoyed that film. Um... Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't disagree. I think the writing is very important. You can you can enjoy watching something based on a time that you weren't there for. Yeah. 
if if it's written well. I well, one of, I think the the key thing I wrote down about this whole episode really was this, and it, and it may go some way to explaining why it was shown originally on the thirty first of July sixty eight, and then re shown again before they ran the whole first series. It felt very much like an episode whose only purpose was to introduce me to the characters I was going to watch throughout the show and the setting. Right. For me, all all they achieved is what I would sort of come to expect a pilot episode to achieve in the first 20 minutes. Now, it was only half an hour long. Hmm. But you know, like the way, let's, let's think of something that we watched that's, that's done really well, let's say stuff like Breaking Bad and Sopranos, which are very high up on our list. Yeah. They introduce you to the character, the main characters at least, and the environment in which they live, work, the show is, is based in, very quickly. But they also do it without having to spell it out. I, I feel like this was very much like, because, especially with the interview technique, which, you know, it was it was about recruiting people for this special division for the army. I just found it almost like it was, it was saying, Oh hi, here's this character. He's a bit ditzy. Yeah. Um he's gonna be he's gonna he's a bit deaf as well in one ear, so he doesn't hear things properly and he'll always make mistakes. Oh this guy, he's he's alright really, uh, but he's a bit of a try hard. Hell, here's this guy, he's the young he's the young guy, he's gonna get all the stick and you know, he's the one that they all sort of think is still too young to be. De- you know, it, it it felt almost quite forced as an introduction to a show. Yeah, it also. I mean, it was it is fifty years old, and other series like Breaking Bad or, or Sopranos, they have had the fifty years of knowledge of how to construct a TV show to to fit the audience's sensibilities uh, to a T. Um, and and this is, I, I would say, one of the the, the kind of forefathers of of tv comedy i guess or tv shows because it was it's still popular to this day for some reason i mean they even released a a film quite recently of it and it i think it bombed um pardon the pun but um (laughs) yeah i just i just think do you know when you when when someone tells you something's great a lot and you become suspicious of it that's me with dad's army because like growing up when it's when they were doing reruns on tv I was like, I, I can't understand why people like this show. I just, there's nothing in it. Oh, there's, there's so many characters in it, and none of them apply to me. Um, it's just... It, yeah, that connection. Well, I'm just going to cut to, to one of the most important questions we ask about a show when we watch it. Yeah. Um, but I'll sort of supplement it with, I assume from what you've just said, that you don't feel anything for any of the characters. No, not, not at all. I mean, maybe Private Pike a little bit. But not really. Because you immediately sort of know that he's going to be the one that gets a lot of yeah, stick exactly. and gets to do all the all the really crappy jobs. Yeah. And just, just okay. this is a little bit like, um, I don't know, Michael from um, uh, I'm Alan Partridge. Arrest, or, Arrest of Development and things like that. I guess you've got... Yeah, you've, you've got... Um, what's his I name? I thought that's what you were going to say with Michael because I'm um, thinking that Michael Serra. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, or Michael as the character, actually, played by Bateman. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, I mean, the one question we asked at the, the top of the list of our sort of commandments for a pilot is, do you want to watch episode two? Absolutely not. I want to almost erase my memory of episode one because it's even further uh, justified my reasons for never watching this show. Um, 
yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. I'll be being totally honest yeah. with you. I found it really hard to uh, really understand what the show was going to be about. I know, and I, and I actually hate the fact that just because it's people will think it's just because it's old, it's black and white is the reason why we don't like it. But I think the reason why we don't like it is because it's generally not good. And even at the time, people didn't like this pilot episode. People thought it was bad. And all of the kind of fa- fan letters um, that came through that was mostly negative, um, they were hidden from the cast and crew until way further down the line, until it was actually a successful show. And then, and then they were like, oh, well, we had these letters initially, but it doesn't matter anymore because we've got a successful show. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it and such. Yeah. Well, there's one of the other one of the other questions that sprung to mind, you know, when I was sort of noting stuff down about it was, yeah, this this separation. I think maybe this is part of the key of why this episode doesn't particularly work as a pilot episode, especially if you're watching this in 1968. Is there was a very long period of time in television terms at least, between this being originally aired and then the first season going. For me, if if you're going to do that with a pilot episode and show it completely standalone, away from all the other episodes, it needs to be so gripping and at the end leave me going, well, well, come on then. You can't now not even give me a date for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. I need a date. Like, now now you've invested my time for half an hour and I'm in, I'm interested, I like what I've seen. Give me the rest of it. When when am I going to see it? And not having any idea when it was going to then be out. And the time clearly was too long in mm. television terms because they then decided, well, look, let's rerun this episode again yeah. for those who didn't catch it first time or... Well, it's funny you say that because um, about, about watching the the episode again because you know um, as you work for um, Auntie Beeb, um, I do. You know what happens if um, a TV show or uh, a TV show on the BBC fails if if like I don't know the uh, the digital file is corrupted or the VT is is is, is warped or something when they try and play yep. something, the automatic failsafe is it it defaults to an episode of Dad's Army. Um, and it's been, it doesn't, does it? It does, and it's been the case for since since the start, I think. So um, the last time it happened was when there was a power failure, um, and this was uh, June two thousand. You gotta be pulling my leg, yeah. there. You gotta be pulling my leg here, yeah. surely. June two thousand, um, the there was a power failure at the BBC. Um, the six o'clock news came to a halt and was replaced immediately with an episode of Dad's Army. Um, but apparently people enjoyed it. <laughs> I, surprise I, episode. Yeah, I, I really. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it happens. Okay. Um, uh, well, I know, I know it happens, but I, I just. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a choice, isn't it? To oh. sort of suggest that that's that is the best middle of the ground show to put on if we fall off the air. Well, I, I guess it's kind of a joke as well because if you think about it, if there isn't an. an a more more um, threatening issue. Say, for example, we are invaded. It'd be quite funny if uh, we are invaded. <laughs> and that's how we found find out from Dad's army. Um, that is very, that is very true. That, that, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I, the irony. I think that maybe there's an irony there. Maybe it's maybe it is a complete joke. 
I think it is. Um, but also, the other interesting thing that I read about Dad's Army, uh, to give them a little bit of credit, because I've been bashing them a little bit, is mm. the fact that they they f- they filmed it all like one episode in in a week, which is which is pretty darn good. But also, it was released onto TV that same week, so it was almost filmed almost really? live. Yeah, so there wasn't that much editing, so they could um, so they could just release it on the same week. So um, everything that we're seeing is was was Done quick turnaround yeah, exactly you can kind of tell it is a little bit loose um, yeah but um but yeah see i, see, I just looked this up as well i'm just looking at the rest of the sort of series one details and things and I'm, i have to stand corrected and maybe take back something i said earlier because i said this was first aired on the 31st of july 68 yeah but then it says that episode two was on the 7th of august a week later so i'm sure i'd read somewhere yeah no so that, i yeah, no, I, I, I saw this. Um, so it was originally released in June um, sometime, but the, I mean, that was kind of a test airing, and then it was properly released with the rest of the series in okay. the 31st of July. So it was actually sometime in June. I think it was the 20th of June. Um, right, okay. That, that, that's Because I was thinking, I'm sure I read that somewhere, that it was, it was shown originally you know, in television terms, a long time before the first series continued on. Yeah, I think it was at least a, at least a month before. Yeah, and I get any guess. You have to again. You have to remember that this is fifty years ago. Television's changed quite a lot, and and you know, actually, we were talking about the show this morning because of you know it being fifty years old and sort of those old old shows that you you remember watching, and it's. Uh, again, going back again to the Doctor Who Star Trek examples because they are two shows we've we've both looked at and and they are of the same sort of age. Uh, mm. When you go right back to the start, if you write it well, it it can and will last. Yeah. Um, well, talking of lasting, you know there was kind there was basically a sequel to this, and I don't know if you remember the TV show High and Dry. It was an ITV TV show. I think it was the 90s. I know of it. I've, yeah. Um, I can't remember it too well, but I remember the name. And I, I think I can remember the theme song. Uh, but that is actually a sequel to Dad's Army, even though I reckon they didn't refer to it too much. Um, and it is... <laughs> no. The premise is uh, man wearing uh, moves to a se- different seaside resort. He wants a loan because he wants to buy the local pier off the council um, because it was closed since the war. Um, and that was kind of reworked and turned into into high and dry. Um, so yeah, it does have a kind of a, a bit more of a lasting effect uh, than than we think it does. And I think there was some radio shows and th- uh, things around that, and obviously the film more recently. One of the things I wondered, because yeah, one of the things I wondered was whether or not I could watch the rest of season one, only six episodes, including this one. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I could watch the rest of it without this and get it like um, i wonder if you dropped in i wonder if you dropped in on episode two and which is called museum peace and pick it up enough that you didn't need the man and the hour the first episode i mean what I, that, that that is the only thing that it is the only thing i wonder is because they wrote this uh, separately, it, it, it certainly feels like it was written as a as a pilot. Right, as, yeah, yeah as, it, no, it really does feel like they wrote this one episode on its own as a kind of 
well, we have this idea for a show and, um, you know, it's got lots of potential to go off in many different angles, but we're not really sure where any of it goes yet. Here's how we'd start it. What do you think? That That is the sort of impression I get. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember se- I've ever seeing episode two. I don't think I've ever seen it. So I can't confirm. No, but but I, I, this, I mean, it's not a great urge, but it's the only urge I get to watch on is to, is to wonder whether or not this show would have actually been more successful just starting in the middle of the story. Like many, like many of the shows we watch do, you know, yeah. they don't, they don't do that whole teaching you to suck eggs thing. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, I feel like they they kind of st- stepped aside and decided they would explain everything to me before we got going. Yeah, well, and when you look at some of the shows we've 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 sort of picked up on that we said didn't do a particularly good job of introducing you to the characters. The likes of Big Bang Theory, which is right down at the bottom of our list, I can't help but think that is not a, is clearly not a winning formula to try and sort of spell out everyone. Yeah, I mean, I know that I never want to see this again, so that's what this first episode has achieved to me. It saved me a lot of my lifespan. Hadn't watched this one, you could have been down a nine-season hole. Yeah, exactly. Um, I doubt it's engaging enough to for me to do that, and I haven't watched the movie, and I watch every movie, and I. Just because, just it's just a because you can, yeah, yeah. I don't think um, for those who are I'm still unsure, this might get a particularly good score this week. But um, shall we move on to the other show of this week's episode and yeah, let's do it and see if see if maybe we can revive some joy from it because because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was a bit of an effort. It was quite an effort. Um, yeah, I got I got distracted watching Dad's Army quite a bit. Um, which is the total opposite to the other show, which was your suggestion this week. Yeah, my suggestion this week is the somewhat similar war-based sitcom <laughs> that the BBC like to do, and it is the classic Allo Allo. The first thing about Hello Hello is obviously the theme song, and it's one of those theme songs that that's been written it with the name of the TV show in mind. So you could slot in the yep. words Hello Hello into the theme song. So, and I love theme songs like this. So you, you take Hello 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 Hello, dun, 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 hello, yep. hello. Um, which I love. And if Dad's Army actually Dad's Army does have a cracking theme song, fair fair enough. Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, but in a lower low, like it just just a sense of nostalgia that washed over me when when I um, listened to the yellow low theme song. Uh, was, <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, this is great. Um, so so I started watching it, and um, I everyone kind of roughly knows what a lower low is about. It's about a French cafe owner who, in the middle of World World War Two, who has to do a number of things. He has to deal with his business which seems to be uh, kind of uh, distracting because he has uh, two english airmen airmen hidden in his cafe um he has the french resistance on his case he has the german soldiers asking him to hide 
paintings in his cafe. He has the Gestapo on his case looking for those said paintings. He also has a wife who just nags at him all the time. He has a staff that he essentially is bullying or he's having an affair with. <laughs> Rene is having the most well-rounded crazy life you can possibly have in wartime Europe um, I think we need to change the Wikipedia entry for the description of this episode I think you've nailed it in about 45 <laughs> seconds to perfection um, it is it is, it is farcical, it's as farcical as you've just made it sound yes. but it's done and farces can always be either very very good or very very poor yeah and personally for me i i, I don't mind jumping in before you and Go saying it, yeah. i love i love this yeah, yeah me too. I, it, <laughs> it works it works so so well i will say that it was a bit slow for the first five yeah, to ten minutes you're right you're right yeah it was it, like i just i was a bit like oh come on come on get going yeah. and then it did and then i was like oh yeah okay this is good i'm smiling yeah i'm laughing <laughs> Yeah. I've got a new meter. I want to add, just throw, throw, throw this in. Okay. Now, this is a, a, new, a new thing I've developed, is that I actually watch both of these shows this week whilst in the gym. Oh, okay. um, I spend I spend a lot of time in the gym on on treadmills sure. or on bikes. Yeah. Um, so I've decided that I'm going to try and watch as many of the shows in the future in there because what I found <laughs> interesting was that when I watched Hello, Hello, yeah. despite the fact the gym was full of people and it was blaring out, you know, heavy tempo music for you know, getting your workout on, getting your sweat on, I completely zoned out from where I was, and I was actually laughing out loud on a bike in the gym, hang watching on. a lower Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, uh, so everyone next to you listening to kind of pumping dance music to get themselves going, and there yeah. you are, running along at a steady pace to the sounds of uh, um, uh, the waitress saying, oh, yep. Renee. Yep. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that gym. Uh, you won't need to. I can film it if you okay. want. That's fine. Please, um, please do. <laughs> okay, fine. I will. Um, but but you know, even in a sort of accidental sense, what I what I sort of realised about the two shows, especially this week, was that Alo Alo really sucked me right into the show. I was only watching it on my phone screen, which is only a, an iPhone, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not big. You know, I was only looking at a little four inch screen, and I'm I'm in a gym with lots of distractions. Yet I didn't have. You know, nothing pulled my eyes away from the screen or my attention away from what was being said. And I, and I just think that shows how good this was, ri- how well this was written. Yeah. I think there's just there's a lot going on. Um, so it's a lot to keep you kind of interested, which is kind of the polar opposite of, of Dad's Army. Um, in this episode, we um, meet Rene, who is this kind of frustrated Frenchman, obviously played by. Uh, Gordon Kay, who is an Englishman, but and everyone in this is English and putting on various different accents, which which adds to the comedy a little bit. Very dodgy, very dodgy accents. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's almost on purpose because it like we all know what what farces are, and they're just silly, yeah. silly kind of slapstick kind of fun. Like where is he? Is he in the cupboard? I'll I'll kill him if he's in the cupboard. Open the <laughs> cupboard, and he's hiding behind some shirts, and uh, yeah. Um, it's that kind of thing. But um, yeah, so we've got Gordon <laughs> Kay as René Artois, um, and uh, he's having an affair with um, Yvette, his waitress, played by Vicky Michelle. And if you ever want to see Vicky Michelle, she yep. is always in uh, Canary Wharf, always on, on and either in the DLR station or shopping around in the shops. She's always really? there. Really? Yeah. Always there. I, I used to be there every single day, and I saw her almost every single day. Just 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has he has to deal with his wife, and his wife is I mean she kind of means well, but she also has the worst singing voice ever. And yep. um, while she's singing, that gives uh, uh, Rene a cue to go and uh, uh, kind of embrace Yvette. Um, so, like, this is a guy who is meant to be the main character, who's meant to be the one that we we follow. Yet yeah, he is quite an awful character, isn't he? He is. Like, yeah, yeah. He is like the Walter from Breaking Bad. Yeah, because you know, Edith isn't that bad. She's just a little bit, you know, ditzy and yeah, maybe a little bit sort of slow, but. You know, she's harmless and she's done nothing wrong. It's True. just, yeah, you, you, you kind of want to feel... And actually, I did, I did for most of it, felt quite sort of sorry for Renee. I was thinking, oh, this poor bloke can't get a break. You know, just when you think it might just turn and it might... No, no, it's no, it's getting worse. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, it was all very slapstick and it was all very farcical, that word again, but... Uh, I mean, it, 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 you felt for him, you know, you really yeah. did feel... Cause it, and, and, and kudos, really, to, to Gordon, because... I, I'm not sure I can think of many people who could play this part much better. His his stature helps because he's quite a quite a big guy, really. He's yeah. quite tall and quite broad, um, but he just has an exasperated face on for pretty much twenty five minutes of the thirty minute episode. It's yeah, it's does. excellent. Yeah, and like I mean, I think it's cast really well. Obviously, cast to. To accentuate the the silliness of it all and uh, the accents, I and mean, some people can pull off the accents better than others. Um, uh, the, the on the accents, on, on sorry, on the accents. Yeah. Um, let me come back to that in a minute. Go on, you were going to say something else. I was going to say um, the the thing I found probably the most interesting of this is the the Gestapo stuff. Um, just because I think her flick is actually quite frightening. And so he's a Gestapo agent who's come to... Uh, he knows that somewhere in this village is the paintings that were stolen from uh, from somewhere, and, and Hitler wants it, so he's come to claim uh, some artefacts, paintings, a clock, and some other stuff. Um, and he's actually pretty scary. He, he reminds yeah. me of the, like, the Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, his relationship with... Uh, Helga, private Helga, was quite interesting because it really plays on the German stereotype of them being a bit sadistic and a bit kinky. Um, yeah, so yeah, he gets yeah. Her to kind of check her stockings, and she's more than willing to to oblige. And it's just it's really like silly. And um, but this, if you think about it, this is based on some horrific stuff that happened during the war. It's, it's hard to actually put the Gestapo into a into a, a sitcom. Uh, but they managed to do it without too much fuss. And without a lot of offence as well. I'm not easily yeah. offended by stuff I see on television. I know you're not as well. You know, you've yeah. got to be objective with things. And at, at times you'll see stuff that you think, oh, that's a bit much or, yeah. you know, well, that's a bit near the line. But, you know, you have to be objective with watching television. They're obviously trying to get a point across and they're trying to make you feel something. So if, if you have any emotional reaction to it, they've done the job. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a weird one. It's... It's quite a difficult subject in general to talk about the war because not many people talk about it. Does that make sense? Like, there's a reason why there's so much sort of stress put on, you know, this sort of remembering the stories of those who, who fought in the war, you know, for real, because there isn't many of them written down or documented. There is some, but given how many millions and millions and millions of people were in them, mm -hmm. there's actually very little... 
um, media. I don't want to say ev- 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 yeah, I wouldn't say evidence, but you know what I mean? There's very little documentation that really, truly sort of paints the picture for it. And maybe, maybe comedy is the only vehicle that can really house that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps that's why shows like Hello, Hello, and even Dan's Army have done so well televisually, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that the British do well. We we kind of laugh in the face of adversity, um, and and essentially, this is our way of coping. It's our coping mechanism. Um, and I mean, LOLO it was a mega popular show. It ran from December '82 to December '92, um, but I seem to remember it loads later than that. So I'm guessing it was repeats. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, it's, like, it's one of those shows. I think you could easily show it at any time, and it will true. it will still be funny. I mean, I know, as I said, I was watching it on a bike in the gym in 2018. You know, 40 years nearly after it was originally broadcast, and I'm still finding it funny. Yeah, I mean, the, the silliness of it, just to, to kind of um, specify, is uh, like for instance when the um, the German soldier. Um, officer puts uh, the cuckoo clock down his pants but is hiding it from her <laughs> and, and you know you know that clock's gonna go off you know full well that clock's gonna cuckoo we all know the joke's coming but yeah. we just it's the anticipation of when it arrives that and the and the and the edge of the ignorance as well when hair flick ignores it yeah <laughs> that it, it's almost that makes it even funnier that he's just addressing it fine this is normal whatever you weirdo just make sure you get me the clock but did you, um, find, did you find that bit quite um that whole uh, exchange a little bit frightening because he like the, whoever the guy who played that was is was brilliant i thought it's very intimidating yeah very intimidating hair flick uh, played by richard gibson right oh so he's in english as well so yeah uh-huh. He, he did it so well that I was like, these guys are going to get in trouble. I, I was scared for them a little bit, even though I knew it was a sitcom. Um, and yeah, I just think um, in general, this I think this show's very well done. Um, again, I think it's brilliantly written. Yeah. And it's one of the things I want to come back to with the accents, if I may. Because um, you, like you were saying, you've got René, who's obviously French. You've got the German officers. You've got the Gestapo. And you've got these English uh, airmen who come to stay... Uh, and they are French onion uh, sellers. <laughs> Not a um, Out of season, out of season. That's how you know it's them. Yeah, that's how you know it's them. Yeah. Um, and you, I know, I, I don't know if you did, but I, I, and I don't think this is a bad thing. I genuinely don't. I think this is a good thing. I could see the flaw in this plan from the second it was said. Of course. You know, yeah. two guys will arrive three days from now dressed as onion sellers. But it's not onion season. <laughs> yes, that's the reason, and that's why you'll know. Yeah. And then they turn up like a day late, and you think, well, it's clearly not them. They're clearly the wrong French onion sellers. <laughs> um, and then later in the episode, you get to see another pair of French onion sellers, and then there's an entire fleet of onion sellers <laughs> who turn up, all dressed exactly the same. Yeah. And Rene rattles off these random French names, <laughs> just go, oh, my friend, Jean-Paul and Marco, and, and, and runs out of names at the end of it. Um, but I, I found it incredibly clever, and I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this here, so maybe correct me if I am, but René is obviously French. Herr Flick is obviously German. Yeah. The British Airmen are obviously English. Mm-hmm. They're all speaking English on in the show, so you don't have to subtitle it, you don't have to understand what's another language. Mm-hmm. However, 
when Rene is trying to communicate with the airmen as they arrive at the window dressed as French onion sellers, he speaks to them and they don't understand him like they're hearing French and we're not. So I don't know if I'm reading too much. So when, when the English so, yeah, so the, guy, the two guys arrive at the window. Yeah, he says, the, French, the, 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 Brit, the British guys will be here like in two days sometime. I haven't, I haven't sorted anything out. And then they hear a tap on the window when and it's them. The they're vet, there. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, when he's out the back with a vet. And... Um, and they're saying, like, you know, they're hungry and they want to come in. And and he says to them, I don't understand what they're saying. What are they saying? And it's almost like, yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's almost like he's actually speaking French. They're actually speaking English. Yeah. And neither of the two of them know what the other one's saying. But we are getting the entire dialogue in English. So we get the joke. So we can see yeah. where this is all going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know if that was a deliberate thing or if I'm reading into it. No, it's deliberate. But I, yeah. I, I found that absolute genius <laughs> writing a, a perfection, in my opinion, because you're getting to follow the joke. You're not being left out of the loop, um, but you feel like actually all the actors are being left out of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> does no, that no. make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, no, it definitely is intentional. Um, and it kind of it gives the audience a nod, like so the audience are in on the joke, but the characters involved aren't. And the audience always likes to, to kind of know more than the characters. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the writing is surprisingly good, um, cheesy but good. And uh, to be quite honest, I think I will watch another episode of this. I never thought I would say that because I thought it would might have been dated, but. Um, yeah, it, it definitely hasn't dated anywhere nearly as bad as, as Dad's Army certainly has. Um, obviously, talking about the pilot only. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely has lasted the test of time, mm-hmm. um, and you can't help but feel like you know, maybe it's maybe it's just that, that where this was written in the eighties, early eighties at least, but where it was written then, maybe they had hindsight on their side, um, and it's not even like on a technical level, but just the writing, they just knew how to. I don't know, convey the story better than than they did when they were writing Dad's Army. Maybe it was too soon. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they should have waited some time before writing Dad's Army. The concept of having that, you know, that um, yeah. group re- re- you know, being formed. I, I, I just, I can't help but feel like Dad's Army clearly has something that we didn't get. And I... And I'm not trying to give it a sympathy vote, but I, I just want to think that... I, I think well, especially what, when you watch Hello, Hello, it, it seemed to work better. They just seemed to get it right. Yeah. Um, maybe it's... I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because... I mean, we didn't obviously didn't live through the Second World War, so I don't know why we have more of an affinity towards Hello, Hello than we do to Dad's Army, but maybe it's because it's slightly newer. Maybe we're the kind of... Uh, it was written more for... a an 80s stroke 90s audience i don't know yeah, very um, possibly um well one kind of standout besides renee i thought uh was uh the actress kirsten cook who played maria the part of the french resistance i thought she was really good because she was one of the few characters that played it straight the whole time um mm. so she was quite believable and she was also hot so that, so that, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I was looking into what she's she's done because I'm like she should have done more stuff, um, and she did. She did uh, the Little and Large Show, 
she also did uh, the last, very last thing she did was a whole massive run of six episodes on Chucklevision um, in 2002. What? Yep. So, you know. That is, that is by the way, that is a show for the list. <laughs> we should do Chucklevision. Chucklevision. That is, a, that is going on the list as we speak, my friend. <laughs> Chuckle vision. I don't even know how we're going to compare that I can't think to of itself. Show. Yeah. No, 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 to itself, let alone any other show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um, in, in conclusion, for me anyway, Hello, uh, Hello was a welcome surprise. And uh, yeah, I will watch more. Yeah, I, I, I simply say I concur. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I. I was a little concerned in that first five to ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's only half an hour, like like Dad's Army. It's only half an hour, um, and I was a bit like, "Oh no, this is this is quite slow." It, I hope it picks up, and then it does, and then you think, "Yes," and maybe just maybe that first ten minutes are needed to be a little bit slow to kind of introduce you to a couple of the characters. Yeah. Just enough, I, like like I said with Dad's Army, you can do it in ten minutes without spoiling the story. Or making it feel like it's dragging. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, no one's going to give up in ten minutes on a show. If you know, if you've consciously decided to sit down and watch it from the start, you'll watch it through to the end of the episode for sure. Especially if it's only half an hour. Yeah. Um, and yeah, okay. It was a little bit like, oh, okay, this is all right. And there's a few gags here, and electrocuting Grandma was quite funny. Yeah, it was. It, it was enough to keep you interested just that ten minutes, and then and then suddenly it's like, yeah, there we go, there we go. We got some, we got some fast moving gags now. We've got a bit of you know slapstick. It's, got, it's all very fast moving. It's changing direction, and and then you're having to keep up, you know. And that's, I think it's, I think it's good that TV makes you work a little bit to to stay with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can't spoon feed you everything. Yeah. So I guess it's come to that time when we have to give it a score. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll do Dad's Army first, um, and there's not much more to say about it than we've already said. Um, so um, I'm going to be conscientious of the time it was made, um, but I can't give it any more than a five. I... <sighs> I'm not sure you can even be that generous, can you? No, I need to kind of put it into into context. It's it's not written for us really, but um, I'm going to have to go slightly worse than you. I'm going to have to give it a four point five. Um, okay. I, I know I know there are going to be people out there who just think ah, oh, there'll be people scream at the headphones right now, just going, "You idiots! You know what you're about." Yeah, but seriously, but it's... when's the last time? If those people who were shouting at us, when's the last time you watched the first episode of Dad's Army? Go back and watch it. If you think it's worth more than a four point five or a five, let us know and tell us why. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tell us why, because I think that's that's the beauty of this is that television is subjective and we'll all think differently to it. Um, but we we do quite often pretty much agree on shows, even when we're sort of doing a versus. Yeah, we we do tend to kind of both come to the same conclusion a lot of the time mm-hmm. and i think that just goes to show we're being fair as fair as can be at least yeah. um all right dad's on within a 9.5 it's definitely not the worst score it's definitely not the worst score on the uh on is, the pilot is that but, um, snatch or 
Oh, Snatch and Big Bang are still lower than that. Yeah, at least I think there might be might be three shows below it. I don't know. I'll have a look in a second. Um, but the other show, of course, is Allo Allo. So do you want to go first? As it was yours? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really liked it. Surprisingly, um, I'm not going to give it a massively big score though, because I just think um, that we're just getting to learn about these characters, and I think it does get better. So. There should be some room for kind of some wiggle room. So I'm going to give it a relatively high 7.5. Nice. Yeah. So it was was good. Um, And I will watch another episode. I'm not sure I can blitz the whole first series, but but I liked it. You'll watch at least another one. And that essentially is means the first episode has been a success. Yeah. It's made you want to continue watching. Exactly. And I agree, I would continue watching. And I think if I get a chance, yeah, I certainly will sit down and watch episode two. Maybe when I go to the gym next, tomorrow, I might <laughs> go and do it on the bike tomorrow. Please, please, please film it somehow. All right, I'll try and find a way for you. Yeah. Um, 7.5 from you, I think... I kind of undenied with the 7, maybe a 7.5. I think, oh, I'm going to match you. I'm going to match you and go 7.5 as well, so giving it a, a 15... That's which, <laughs> which I think is the weirdo section in our yeah, league. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's, it seems to be sitting in exactly where it should be uh, amongst shows like Cheers, Knowing Me, Knowing You, Hard Knocks, The Exorcist, Mork and Mindy, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Flintstones, Beverly Hills, 90210, and Modern Family. Ooh. And now adding to that list, Hello, Hello. Hello, with a hello. 15. Um, so what do I say? 9.5 for the other ones. Let's scroll down the list. Yes. It's, it, well, it, listen, I mean, it's very slightly better than Quantum Leap, um, which got a 9, okay. which, is my, which is my fault, by the way. It's so your fault. If you only just dropped into the, uh, the podcast, that's down to me not getting it. Yeah, no, but I kind of understand <laughs> that isn't a great first episode. <laughs> it does get better. Um, yeah. So All right. That so means... let's two more shows on our list, and yeah. obviously they're of they're of a slight, a slight vintage. Um, so what do we do next week? I mean, there's a big old list of shows kicking around on our list, well, and if you week... want to suggest them, we can, um, of course, take suggestions from you. We'll tell you how to do that in a second. Yeah. Well, next week is uh, take sixty six. Mm, number of the devil oh okay so i guess i go is it no it's not it's not really <laughs> it's almost it's it's part part of his phone number um it's the last four digits of his card uh, um, 07666666666 i told you not to give out my phone number on the pod um sorry okay so i go f- i go first i think yeah you can have whatever you like i'm i'm, I'm yeah. quite open to go wherever you want to go with this okay um, I've I've got a few to think of. I'm going through the um, the list of suggestions that have been sent in from people. So I'm looking at uh-huh. the aforementioned list, which we keep nicely in a uh, shared document in on notes. Um, oh, which means I can write rude messages to Jed at the bottom, and yeah. he doesn't see them for weeks and weeks and weeks. Come on, that, it's the other way around. You didn't see that message for months. Um, yeah, well, you haven't seen the other one. <laughs> oh God. Okay, <laughs> I want to do something that I haven't uh, seen before. So I would quite okay. like to do something... Uh, well, actually, no. I changed my mind. I've been listening to a podcast uh, from some friends of mine. They go episode by episode for the show Cowboy Bebop. Um, and it is on the list. Ooh, it has been suggested. Yeah, it was quite a while ago we put that on the list, if I'm right in saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was one of the early early shows on the list. That's okay, right. Cowboy Bebop, and what is that about? So Cowboy Bebop is a animated series that it's it's like Japanese American, I think, dual made. Um, it, it's it's based it's like a western, but made by Japanese people, um, and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and. I think the first episode is a little bit of a masterpiece, but maybe I'm seeing it through rose-tinted glasses. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's about a group of uh, people in a spaceship, and uh, it's animated. So is there anything you can mm. pit against that? So I'm just trying, I'm trying to think what animated spacey things. I've, I'm seeing one straight away okay. that I'm, I think might be the only natural opponent of said suggestion. Um I'm going to go with my gut instincts. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Uh, Futurama. Oh, wow. Wow. Which which I don't know if I've ever seen the pilot episode of. I know I've oh, seen many episodes of in all sorts of orders. That's um, a great duo. And it also, gives me a, it also gives me a great opportunity to do my impression of Zoyberg next week. <laughs> I look forward to it. You should indeed, because it's top notch. It's almost as good as my Chewbacca one, which I shall treat you to next week as well. Excellent. So that's gonna. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. So it's Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Versus Futurama. Yeah. So that is quite a combo, and one of which I don't think I've seen either. So. Oh, good. Uh, good. 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 I definitely haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, and I just don't know if I've ever seen Futurama's pilot. So we'll yeah. find out. Cool. Excellent. Well, like like um, other people have suggested, Cowboy Bebop and some of the other shows we've done in recent weeks. Um, just name a few. We've had uh, Dungeons and Dragons was certainly a suggestion a while back. Um, Frankel Rock went on there because of a suggestion. The list goes on. Secret Bodyguard was one we did about ten weeks back. Now, <laughs> yeah, if you want to, if you want to suggest a show, uh, you can get in touch on Twitter. Jed Shepherd. I'm at Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. You're at you're at Twitter. I'm at Hang Twitter. on a minute. My, Am I uh, learning something you did, I didn't know about I you? You're on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, which is J E D S H E P H E R D. It doesn't match. Nailed it, mate. <laughs> no, no, we nailed it. <laughs> From your side, baby. But... Yeah, from my side of the pond, it sounded great. Uh, I'm on Twitter if you would rather tweet me at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. Nicely done. Um, so yeah, tweet us away with your, with your suggestions of shows you're watching, and if you've watched either of Dad's Army or Hello Hello, and you think to yourself, "What are you two idiots talking about?" Mm-hmm. By all means, please fight the corner of the show you like. Uh, and we will listen. We're not going to shoot you down on it at all. Um, cool. Well, well, you'll be back in, in the UK next week for yes, us, and we'll, we'll meet up at Post Pop HQ, yep. which, by the way, you, is where you can find a lot of these podcasts. If you're not a fan of Apple, that's fine by us. Postpoppodcasts.com forward slash the pilot mm-hmm. uh, is where you can find a copy of it as well, and you can find it on iTunes if you wish. Um, take 66 then, Cowboy Bebop and Futurama Jed. It's going to be a good one, and that just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile.